Hello, and welcome back to the Game Biz Podcast. I am your host, Poe, and this week we have two news items. The first one will be on Cyberpunk 2077's class action lawsuit update, and the second will be on Japan's PS4 Pro and PS4 consoles discontinuation. And we'll also be bringing you for this Game Biz topic of the week pending title on the next gen console strategies. Now, it has been already been some time for the next gen consoles that has already came out. So I like to discuss a bit more about what I think their business strategy is with their next gen consoles. And for this week, we'll be starting off with the PlayStation 5. Regarding an update on CDPR's class action lawsuit that they're facing regarding Cyberpunk 2077. This update is also brought to you from gamesindustry.biz. So please head over there and give the article a click if you would. Um, so if you remember last week, we have covered the, the breaking news that CDPR is now facing a class action lawsuit from Roseanne Law Firm regarding Cyberpunk 2077. And yesterday, January 4th, CDPR has indeed released a regulatory statement confirming that it is now facing a lawsuit from said law firm. And the developers has said that the complaint, quote, does not specify the quantity of damages sought, end quote, and states it will, quote, undertake vigorous action to defend itself against any such claims, end quote. It's really, really a quick piece of uh, update news. Um, so I'm so of, of course we'd expect um, CDPR to have uh, to stand firm on their ground and defend against themselves. They don't want to just uh, pay pay the fines or or be sought guilty because that will lead to even more damages than it would have. So we shall see what this really means. It, it could take months and years. It could mean a, a settlement behind. Uh, behind the desk like we won't know what's going on or it could mean something more public facing and we'll see them both on court but who knows anyway that is just a very quick update on the cyberpunk 2077 class action lawsuit now on to the second piece of news also brought to you by gamesindustry.biz it is on ps4 pro and most other models discontinued in japan so i'm just going to be reading a bit from the article itself Sony Interactive Entertainment has discontinued all but one model of the PS4 in Japan, including the PS4 Pro. VGC, citing Japanese publication Game Watch, reports the only PS4 the console holder will continue to sell in its home market is the black 500GB slim model. All others, including the white 500GB and all 1TB edition plus the Pro, will become unavailable once the current stock has been sold. There's no confirmation yet about whether this applies to Western territories. And just a side note, by contrast, Microsoft discontinued the PS4 Pro rival Xbox One X and Xbox One S all digital version several months ahead of its own next gen launch. Now, this is, this is I think, um, the start of what is inevit inevitably 
you know, um, the ending of the last generation. Now we've always known this to happen. Same thing that happened with last gen with uh, PS3's discontinuation. Um, sometime after the PS4's launch, I'm not too sure uh, what window uh, they discontinued it. Was it a couple months in or was it a year in? I, I'm not too sure about that, but I would suspect that this is just the beginning. They started doing this in Japan because it is, you know, they're, I would say, uh, one of the smaller market regions in terms of West versus East. Um, and they, they definitely have a bigger Western, you know, focused group there so i would say they probably started with japan first and you know as this continues on they'll free up more manufacturing space to manufacture the ps5 which we know it is out of stock same as the xbox series x and s i'm not sure about the s but for sure the x um you know scalpers has been uh just taking over using their bots taking the the stocks over leaving leaving the poor people unable to get their uh, next gen shiny model shiny machines first world problems but you know still still very sad and so yeah this is also a very quick news i think it's just you know it's ine inevitable and we're gonna see uh an update to this sometime a couple months next year who knows about probably not next year but probably a couple months in about how they're probably going to discontinue uh more of the current gen versions in the west now that's it for news this week, and now we're going off to the game biz topic of the week next. Now let's take a look at what I think PlayStation Sony is trying to achieve with their new consoles. Now the following opinions and analysis are from myself, uh, and I also went back to watch the entirety of the Road to PlayStation 5 presentation from basically back in March, um, as well as I've taken many great points from a game analyst called Daniel Ahmad. Um, he, posts an, he posted an in-depth analysis on his thoughts on the PS5 strategy. Um, so please go check him out um, and his work. You can follow him on Twitter at Z-H-U-G-E-E-X. And I'll probably post him um, on the show notes as well. Now, I want to start off with saying that there are two main branches to their strategies, I think. The first one is that they are taking with them from the PS4 console strategy. You know, what has clearly worked out for them and what they need to continue it, with it and improving on it. Um, the second branch would be what the evolution should take place next. Like what, what is the next gen factor? What is the next leap forward? So, so to speak so much so that it needs to, you know, be included in this new box, new soft, new hardware, for example. Okay. So for the first branch, there's the games. First part of the first branch is games and the studios making the games, 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 games. PlayStation has improved massively from the PS3 to PS4 and has been realized in the PS4 generation. They're single player games. Um, their current strat with games is basically large single player, immersive world with compelling stories. And guess what? It fits nicely with the third party game deals that you know mainly aim for the large multiplayer audiences such as 
the deals they have striked with Destiny and Call of Duty. They will surely continue on improving and revolutionizing their studios too. Um, their first party studio lineup is actually really strong. Currently, they have about seven studios right now that have released a PS4 game, um, which has sold more than 5 million copies. Um, and Sony has also released a few games like Uncharted 4, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, Marvel Spider-Man, and The Last of Us Remastered on the PlayStation 4 that has sold over 10 million copies. And that's, that's why I believe that they will continue to look for studios that are right for them to purchase that would make sense um, with how they're, with the whole profile and lineups and such, um, such as Insomniac Games, which it has been an amazing purchase for them, you know, with uh, not only Marvel Spider-Man, but with Miles Morales and the upcoming Ratchet and Clank as well. Now, the, the second aspect is their digital network system. The backwards compatibility of PlayStation 4 makes the transition between generations a better pill for many to swallow, I, I believe. Um, but even then, PS5 did launch with an amazing game such as Miles, Astrobot, Demon Souls Remake, Sackboy's Adventure, and third-party exclusives such as Bugsnax. Granted, some of these are cross-gen um, purchases, but it's great because even if you buy on PS4, you'll get the upgrade on PS5 for free as well. So everyone now understands, I believe, how important digital infrastructure is because, well, because the margins are higher for the games and services sold there, even more so now that the next-gen AAA titles will mostly be priced $10 higher. The networking service abilities such as PS Plus subscriptions are very profitable. One of the main one of the main focuses on the Xbox strategy side, but that's for next week. Um, so Sony has been expanding their networking services and increasing their retention of users over the long term. Ecosystems such that the PS Plus provides include like monthly free games you get for the subs, um, you know, online play and cloud saves. Currently. PS Plus subs are over 45 million with a PSN user base of 107 million. The digital ecosystem now accounts for 70% plus of Sony's gaming revenue and it's been increasing year over year. So you can see just how important this is for them. For the PlayStation 5, they have the PS Plus collection, which provides a huge gaming library. For day one users that may not have played these games or new to the PlayStation 5 ecosystem, you know, those who did not have a PS4. Um, and no, I, I understand it's definitely not as good as Xbox Game Pass. Um, again, more on that next week, but it is as good as it gets on PlayStation. And they also have as well as um, other third party perks, such as three months of free GTA 5 online and some Call of Duty perks as well. So I believe that they are also slowly, slowly expanding towards the PC side too. Now, this is definitely more speculative, um, but seeing how they have released their exclusive game Horizon Zero Dawn on PC um, last year could mean that more future PlayStation exclusive games could be heading towards 
PC, you know, in three to four years after their release on their respective PlayStation platforms. People have criticized this when it was announced that, you know, you know, they criticize why are they, you know, destroying their own exclusive ecosystem. And I honestly thought that was such a stupid take on it. Do they not realize just how smart of the move this is for Sony in terms of making money? Because Sony would have, in, in my view, Sony would have just made all the money they can from the console side um, between, you know, three to f- four years that the game has already been launched, such as Horizon. And now they get to put on the PC side and that will get PC players who, you know, wouldn't buy wouldn't wouldn't buy games on PlayStation or, you know, they don't have a PlayStation and, you know, get them to buy it. And perhaps even make those with PC, uh, make those uh, players with a PC that also has a PlayStation console, which they initially purchased on the PlayStation platform, rebuy again on PC. You know, kind of like how Nintendo releases their games on their subsequent consoles. But in this case, it's more for the PC crowd. So in my view, this, this just makes much more money. Now, in Cerny's presentation, he mentioned about something called time to triangle. And this is referring to the passing of dead time uh, before graphics and other aspects of the game development are up and running. So he mentions that there's a, there was a revolution from the PS1 to PS2 to PS3, but basically the time for developers to get used to it became longer each generation. For the PS1, it was initially one to two months, PS2 was 3 to 6 months, and PS3, it was 6 to 12 months. While back to the PS4, they actually got it down. They got the time to triangle down to 1 to 2 months again, basically back to the PS1 generation. And he said basically that right now, PS5 should be about less than a month for the time triangle. And what this means is that it should allow for a greater access of tools and familiarity, of the, of the developers to be developing games with PS5. So in theory, developers would be making games easier or at least the transition from console com- to console development should be easier. And hopefully this means, you know, maybe faster games being developed, maybe better games being developed, you know? Okay, so that is the end of the first branch. And now we're going to the second branch which is all about the next-gen factor. What innovation they want for the PS5 to be, what what they want the next generation to, to be defined by. And the first one, to no one's surprise, is, of course, the SSD. You know, this was the one of the biggest topics in the Road to PS5 presentation. That, so Cerny mentioned, basically, that this was the first biggest ask from developers uh, when he reached out to them, you know, when he does his studio trips, asking, you know, what they would like to see on the next gen console. And we definitely got that. We, we got that, you know, albeit, you know, 825 gigabytes, which is less than Xbox's one gigabytes, even less when you're counting the usable space. But the custom SSD definitely does amazing things. Again, for Xbox two, but that's for next week. So right now, 5.5 gigabytes per second on the SSD that PS5 has, loading about two two gigabytes of data at 0.27 seconds versus PS4's one gigabyte data at 20 seconds. So which is roughly about 100 times faster. 
Now the purpose of this he also mentions is to give freedom to the game developers, game designers and level designers where they could get rid of parts of the level meant to stop players from moving fast in order to load the next section of the game. It could decrease some copy and paste strategies of in-game models and decrease data sizes on discs. For example, what Marvel, Marvel Spider-Man has done with how they basically copy and pasted their post boxes everywhere, but that also, you know, it, it's good for the game to run, but you know, it's the copy and paste strategy in, just increases the size of the data they have to run basically. And you know, SST also has, um, allows for faster patching of games because now there's no seek time required for SSD versus and hard drive, for example. And next we have the UI redesign, which you know feels snappy, less less boxy compared to uh, the PS4. You know, with games having their own artwork when you hover over it, which is you know pretty cool. Um, UI is uh, it's more subjective, but I I like it. It's not bad. Um, there's there's also the 3D audio, which is the last part of Cerny's pleasant presentation, which mentions the dream that they're trying to go for of increasing the performance on audio fidelity, you know, sounds all very cool. They, they even go into mentioning, taking into consideration of everyone's different year sizes and how, how it fits onto a player's years and such like, such like that. But the thing is, I'm not an audio guy. So you, you kind of have, you have to take his word for it from my perspective. I'm not too sure on that. Okay, and the next thing we have is the dual sense and its haptic feedback. Now, I would say this is definitely a potential dark horse game changer here for the PlayStation. And I say potential because this tech is very impressive, does make games play more immersive, I think. I've played with it on Astrobot, which is definitely one of the best uses of dual sense technology in that game slash demo, whatever you want to call it. You know, and you know, games don't have to require the use of it at all, but I would definitely argue if you can use it, it will definitely probably increase the immersiveness of the game, I think, if you do it well. Um, and again, this all depends, I think, on the adoption rate. And is it only going to be implemented by first party devs? Is it going to be some or all of the first party devs? Will the third party devs take use of this as well? You know, if they do, or if Sony makes them do it, but only if they do it well, then I think, for example, players that have both consoles, the PS5, the Xbox Series X, they may actually decide of a purchase decision to go with PlayStation 5 for, you know, that unique experience that they can try. And if they don't want it, they can just turn it off as well, if that's an option. So actually a recent article that came out uh, today, January, January 6, reported that a survey from Xbox uh, has been asking its players if they would like to see the features of the PS5 DualSense on the Xbox controllers. So, you know, it seems to me that even Xbox is becoming interested with this half, haptic feedback technology that DualSense has too. But we shall see, we shall wait and see, okay? So the next part I have is regarding the two SKUs of the PlayStation consoles that we have at launch. So we have the disc version, which is 500 US dollars, 
which includes the Ultra HD player and the all digital version, version which is $100 cheaper. But as we know from the last branch, the higher margins and the exclusion, exclusion of a disk drive in their eyes is worth the price reduction from the future potential higher margin sales. And both boxes perform with the same horsepower, which cannot be said for the Xbox camp. But again, that's for next week. Now, the price points were very much predictable because Xbox was doing the same price point. Um, but I think they were taking the same page from last gen, which, you know, of course, in involves selling at a loss initially and then turning a profit with volume sales and getting people into the digital ecosystem. So in conclusion, I think that Sony's PS5 strategy is very much in line with what has worked and basically don't change what has worked and then adding value to upon it and also including other ways to do so, such as the digital ecosystem, the DualSense haptic feedback technology on their newly designed controllers, their SSD, the 3D audio. Um, so I think they are better positioned now than they were with the PS4, in my opinion. Um, and after I just said all of this, you know, all of my research and everything, I just realized I did not mention anything about their PSVR, um, you know, because that is something that is unique to Sony, which Xbox and Nintendo doesn't have. But the fact that I forgot it kind of tells me that currently they aren't thinking too much about it. And they, I remember they even said that they weren't going to think too much about it right now, but they will come back to it. I think sometime down the line when the PS5 has, you know, has launched with more stable ground, there's not a shortage of stocks and everything like that, with more games, they will come back to it and maybe they'll put out the PSVR 2 or something like that. Um, but that is for a future conversation. All right, that would be all for tonight. Thank you all for listening. And if you wish to follow me, you can find me at GameBizPod on Twitter. Now tune in next week for the Xbox Next Gen strategy. Bye. Thank you.